0: Yes, it is. Time for Mile High Magazine. Happy Sunday, everybody. I am Murphy Houston, and joining us right now is Dr. Richard Heppy, the president of the Urology Center of Colorado Foundation. And Dr. Heppy, how are you today? I'm
1: very good, Murphy. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Well, this is an important topic, as I was kind of teasing Dr. Heppy a moment ago before we started recording here, that I'm a man, and this concerns a lot of men, most men, and that is prostate cancer. And for those that don't know, and I suppose there are some, maybe uh, Doctor Heppy, you can explain what is prostate cancer.
1: So the prostate gland is in the urinary tract. Uh, men are the only ones who have prostates, and uh, but it's uh, quite common for men to get prostate cancer. Probably between one out of every six men to one out of every eight men are going to get it. Uh, the in uh, this year, they expect over 250,000 cases of prostate cancer to be diagnosed in this country alone.
0: Wow, that's a lot of prostate cancer, sorry to say. Why, it why, sure is. why is it so high? It's just, uh, that is a good
1: question. We don't know why uh, it's so common for men to get prostate cancer. But um, the good news is that um, many men, perhaps over half of men, uh, don't get a severe kind of prostate cancer, so they don't need aggressive treatment. But uh, there's a certain subset of men that do get aggressive prostate cancer and will die from it. Actually, prostate cancer is the second biggest killer of men due to cancer. After lung cancer, it actually kills more men than colon cancer.
0: Wow. That's hard to believe. But is there anything symptomatic about prostate cancer? Do you feel anything? Or is it all based on something I want to talk about in a minute, uh, your PSA numbers? Does that play into it?
1: Right. So... The thing about prostate cancer is it tends to be silent. So most men don't have any symptoms at all. Uh, You know, a lot of men uh, have an enlarged prostate, and they can have slowing of the urinary stream or increased frequency or getting up at night to urinate. Those are typically symptoms of just uh, an enlarged prostate that's benign, that's not cancerous. Prostate cancer tends not to cause any symptoms.
0: Yeah, that's kind of scary, though, isn't it? You think about
1: that. Well, it is because it it shouldn't be scary, but um, there's an easy way to determine whether you're at increased risk for prostate cancer, and that's with a physical exam and a blood test. So it's not difficult to, to be tested to see if you're at increased risk for having prostate cancer.
0: Well, and that getting tested part and the blood test, that's what I talked about with these PSA numbers, and maybe men don't know what that is. Can you explain PSA numbers?
1: Sure. So PSA stands for prostate-specific antigen. So uh, an antigen is just a chemical. So this is a chemical that is only made in the prostate. It's specific to the prostate. And uh, all prostate cells make PSA, but prostate cancer cells make more PSA. So even if you don't have prostate cancer, you'll have a measurable PSA, but it'll go up if you have prostate cancer.
0: And explain what those numbers are, because I've had this issue myself, kind of going up and down, and uh, I'm a little older now, sure. and I have it checked yeah. like twice a year.
1: Yeah, so the, uh, the bigger, you know, as I said, Ben, who have uh, just benign enlargement, they don't have cancer, but they just have a big prostate, they'll tend to have a more PSA because they have a bigger prostate. So it's uh, something that's valuable to do over time. You know, if you check it every year, uh, if you see that PSA number starting to increase rapidly, then you know you're at increased risk for having prostate cancer. You know, One number doesn't necessarily tell you whether you know you really have prostate cancer or not. It's more what it does over time. Also, there are other things that can cause the PSA to jump up or down. Um, so if you checked it every day, it'll, it would look like a sawtooth. It would kind of go up and down. But the main thing we're worried about is we don't want to see it... Uh, progressively increasing over
0: time. And what kind of steps do you take if somebody, a man, has high prostate numbers and is, is not cancerous? Is there a diet involved with that? Or do you give them pills to help control the PSA?
1: Sure, so there are lots of treatments for just benign enlargement of the prostate. But you know, PSA by itself does not cause any harm. So you could have a PSA of 100, and it's not gonna, right. it doesn't do you any harm. The question is why is the PSA so elevated? Normal PSA is less than four, so if you have a PSA of 100, that's pretty scary high. Yeah, I guess but my point is is that but my point is that PSA, uh, as a chemical, doesn't really have any effect on your body. It's more is this a sign of something else going
0: on? Well, that's something to be a little concerned about. And is it better to, when when this is discovered, you probably do a physical with your, your main doctor, your everyday doctor. Is it better to go with a urologist after you get some higher numbers like that?
1: You know, I think most uh, primary care physicians are perfectly suited to checking your prostate. Uh, some would rather have you just see a urologist. Certainly urologists have more experience uh, examining prostate glands. But most primary care physicians and internal medicine doctors certainly have plenty of experience, and and uh, uh, most men are going to be perfectly fine with their regular doctor.
0: Well, that's uh, good to know. don't have to move around too much. And what's a good age to start getting those kind of exams? Is there a specific age or maybe a history in your family? You start a little sooner?
1: Sure. So uh, certain men are at increased risk for developing prostate cancer. So it does tend to run in families. So if you have a father or a brother or an uncle that has prostate cancer, then you're at increased risk, and you should probably start getting checked once a year at age 40. Also, if you're African American, you're at increased risk for getting prostate cancer, and we recommend starting at age 40. If you don't have a family, risk, uh, if family history of prostate cancer and you are not African American, then starting at age 50 uh, is typically recommended.
0: And then what happens if you are diagnosed with prostate cancer? There's got to be, I guess, depending on the severity of the cancer, certain kinds of treatments.
1: Sure. So, uh, as I said, probably 50% of men who are diagnosed with prostate cancer have a low-risk kind of prostate cancer that grows very slowly. And those men, we don't don't recommend any treatment. We just watch them uh, carefully and make sure that things don't progress. So they may not need any treatment at all, no surgery, no medication, no radiation. But if you have a more aggressive type of prostate cancer, then, you're, then that's more likely to do you harm and potentially shorten your life. So those in those patients, we do recommend more aggressive treatment. And uh, there are two ways of curing prostate cancer. One is surgery to remove the prostate, and the other is radiation therapy. And there are a variety of forms of radiation therapy, but those are the two primary ways that we would use to cure prostate
0: cancer. And at what point do you recommend the, uh, the tougher one? When you do with radiation, I've, I've been through cancer, so those can be kind of tough treatments
1: it can be but uh, thankfully uh, over the years our treatment our uh, how we do these treatments have gotten much much better so uh, this, this success rate is much higher and the side effects are um, much lower uh, not zero but um, uh, people tolerate the treatments so much better than they did 30 years ago
0: well, I would think that uh, times had uh, advanced a little bit, and you consider that a low growth cancer. And I had I had a friend come down uh, with a problem with his prostate. He was like sixty. They just didn't do anything. They just, well, you're sixty. It's slow growth. Well, just watch it.
1: Right, and then that's that was my point. That probably half of patients now go on what we call active surveillance. Now that doesn't mean we ignore them. Right, we keep an eye on them by checking them periodically, about every six months, and make sure that things aren't progressing. Um, and, but for I have many patients who are out ten, fifteen years after being diagnosed with low-risk prostate cancer, they haven't had any treatment, and there's no evidence of progression. So it's more of a, a chronic condition in those patients that doesn't really need any treatment. We just keep an eye on it, make sure that, and that we keep them safe.
0: And does a pa What if you did have like a? And I had a friend do this too. Uh, had a minor case of prostate cancer, but he was uncomfortable having cancer in his body and decided to go ahead with the surgery. Is that common?
1: No, I wouldn't say that's common. I mean, there's a small number of patients that are uh, that look at things that way, um, but most patients, once you once you explain what the the situation and and what your experience has been with other patients. Most people are comfortable with uh, going on this active surveillance protocol. The exactly. thing is, though, is if you have an elevated PSA or you have an abnormal rectal exam, and you you don't, uh, if you have prostate cancer, you need to know what kind of prostate cancer it is because you need to be able to make a decision about what to do about it. Uh, so uh, you need to you need that information to be able to
0: make the decision. I would think so, and I think some maybe. Other fears with men is if you have cancer in your system, even if it's a low-grade type cancer, can it spread around to other body parts? Because that, that can happen with some cancers.
1: Well, if it was an aggressive prostate cancer, then yes, of course. But these low-grade prostate cancers typically do not spread. So that's uh, there is a very small risk of that happening. Uh, but, again, you have to look at each person. Each Each person is into, is. Uh, special and individual, and uh, there are certain characteristics of their kind of cancer that you have to take into account. So each person that comes in, it's, a, it's not a one-size-fits-all. We have to uh, uh, tailor our treatment, our approach to the particular uh, situation that, that we're faced with.
0: Well, like anything, you follow the recommendation of your urologist or your primary care physician, and then they're telling you what to do. That should make you feel comfortable.
1: Absolutely. And, and of course, it's always reasonable to get another opinion or more than one opinion if you want to go to other providers uh, to get see how they feel about
0: it. Yeah, that's a good point. Talking with Dr. Richard Heppy, president of the Urology Center of Colorado Foundation. Now, we got this big blue shoe run coming up September 10th. Doc, what's that all about?
1: yeah isn't this exciting after all the years of covid and us not being able to have fun uh, now we're busting loose so <laughs> starting in 2010 we started this blue shoe run for prostate cancer it's the it's the biggest uh run for prostate cancer in the uh in the rocky mountain west it's um held downtown. If you know where the Broncos play, it in Power Field, it starts just on the north side of that at at the the Urology Center of Colorado uh, Urology Center of Colorado building, 2777 Mile High Stadium Circle.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's a 5K, and you don't have to run it. Uh, we also have a one and a half K fun run. Uh, so some people run, some people walk, some people just hang out and enjoy the the. Live music and the free food and the free beer, and have a great time. and you Got my
0: attention, Doc. You got my attention with the free. Yeah, beer. there
1: you go. <laughs> yeah. Is that good for <laughs> your prostate? People old, and people bring their whole families, their kids. We have a, a big kids zone with a big uh, uh, inflatable uh, obstacle course. The kids just love it. Everybody loves it. It's just a really fun time, and it supports a great cause. Over the past 12 years, we've raised over $600,000 for prostate cancer research, and uh, we're going to make another huge donation to the American Cancer Society this year. So it's a very successful run. We do great work, and I hope all the listeners out there come out and enjoy a good time.
0: So that great amount of money, and congratulations on that, that you raised, that stay here in Colorado for research?
1: Uh, sometimes, uh, but not always. We do. We go through the uh, American Cancer Society, and we find researchers that are working on prostate cancer that uh, need help with funding, and uh, we uh, uh, look at what they're doing, and uh, whoever's got the most exciting proposal gets the money.
0: Well, that sounds like a great idea, so you put some thought into that as well. So can people Absolutely. still register? It's probably not too late, is it?
1: No, no. Uh, register online. Uh, go to the Blue Shoe Run uh, uh, on. You just Google up Blue Shoe Run for prostate cancer. I'll take you to the registration site, and uh, you can register up until September eighth. The run is on Saturday, September tenth. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't want to do it online, uh, you can even show up in person after seven a.m. on Saturday morning, the tenth, and register then.
0: And if you don't want to participate in a run, you could probably make a donation for the cause, I would imagine, online.
1: Of course, of course. Yeah, you, again, you go to the Blue Shoe Run for prostate cancer, and uh, you'll uh, be taken to the web page, and you, there'll be a, a tab for donate, and you can donate money.
0: Well, it sounds like a good deal of fun. Do you run, uh, Dr. Happy? You get out there and do your thing? <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: Have, I'm, a, I'm of a certain age that running is not so great for me. so I'm, I'm kind of in charge of making sure the music is playing and the beer is
0: blowing. Oh, well, you got the good job. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great deal of fun. And Dr. Richard Heppy, thanks for coming on Mile High Magazine today. Now, give us a website one more time where people could go and register like when they're done here and is now.
1: Just go to the Blue Shoe Run for Prostate Cancer. Uh, It's theblueshoerun.com.
0: Sounds good. Good luck on the 10th. People sign up. Families sign up. Sounds like a good time as well as raising some money. The Blue Shoe Run for prostate cancer. Thanks, Doc, for coming on Mile High Magazine today.
1: Thanks so much, Murphy. Really appreciate it. Yeah,
0: you too. And thank you guys for listening. Now, don't go away. We've got more coming up here on Mile High Magazine. And happy Sunday to all.